At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa Have Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by MedMGM. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy. Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. What's happening, Kelly? You good? Good, man. How you doing? Doing very well. College football week zero. It's back, baby. 19-year-olds missing field goals. Wide left, wide right. Let's go. <laughs> that already, that the stark contrast between NFL place kicking, NFL field goal kicking, and that in college football. I, I suppose you were referring to Ohio's kicker and Louisiana Tech's like kicker. It, it was, yeah, I feel like it was, well, okay, I did have money on both those teams. As, so, yeah, maybe that's what I'm really thinking as of. Yeah. But it felt like every game I watched, there was shanks left or right. One went uh, by one team or the other. I believe it was it was it the Ohio kicker. Was it Johnny Set? What was the name of Johnny Setpick, who uh, kicked it like forty five degree angle to the left on one of them? <laughs> I was like, so there's okay. some that was so bad. One of them, I was like, well, that's a good, that's not going to go in. <laughs> Let me just call it right now. Um, so that's fun. We'll talk. By the way, uh, Todd Wishnev. Todd Wishnev is on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say this. Um, can't wait. He's going to be in studio. Todd and I watched college football. We bet college football and baseball all weekend long together here. Uh, Do you know at Caesars on Saturday, Kelly, that we, uh, you know, Todd is seven stars. We went to sit in their seats to watch college football, and they're like, some guy comes over and is like, uh, twenty five bucks a piece, please. And Todd goes up seven stars. They're like, it doesn't matter. You have to give us $25. He goes, you want me to get my host? They go, it doesn't matter. It's $25. I go, I said, it's week zero. Louisiana Tech FIU. This isn't the super, but what are we talking about? <laughs> Way to go, Caesars. Now, look, this, was this worth it for you? Shouldn't be. Anyway, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk about our week zero bets. Uh, what conclusions we can draw. Wait, so did you pay it or did you No, leave? we left. <laughs> okay. Are you kidding me? We're like, see ya. We went, we went across to the uh, Cromwell where, uh, you know, they couldn't get the Pac-12 network. So, no USC to be seen. Oh, man, there's such – what do you got? In town right now, we have a DirecTV dispute with CBS. Yeah. That was an issue yes, uh, over the weekend with golf for me. Like these – I don't understand how these, how these television disputes occur like that. Do you feel like everything's just a disaster now? Like it's just <laughs> yeah. nothing, is, nothing is good. It just feels that way. And by the way, if I go back to Cox Cable, I'm still going to be like more behind live television than anything else. So because because apparently that's not fiber optic. It's something else. They act like it's fiber optic, but it's not. There's a whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. Anyway, what do we that speed what did we learn from college football? I mean, we haven't even gotten the show yet, but what did we learn from college football? Uh, San Diego State, despite winning, sucks. Navy. Yeah. Looks awful. Yeah. Do you think they get away with it because they're because they're a academy? You think you think that? Oh, sure. 
I think that's built. It's built I think it's in. built into it. I think it's built in. Whew, that, are they bad? Like any year that one of the academies has a good year, like yeah. we, we make a big deal of it because they're they're not expected to, right? I mean, you could say Notre Dame was great in their forty-two to three win, but to me, that was more Navy. Just is so bad. They were so. That was the game where it's one of these moments in sports betting where if you couldn't have lost money in that game if you watched it. Yep. Is that correct? It, it was the it, the live betting strategies that you you utilize the most in college football. Yes, I utilized in that game. Yes. It was when Notre Dame was up like fourteen nothing. That was and exactly the point. They were ripping off like six yards a carry. When yep. I'm like, I don't even need to care what Sam Hartman's going to look like when they're ripping off six yards a carry against Navy. It fe- it, I laid twenty seven and a half at that. point. That's exactly. We didn't even talk about this. So right before they went up fourteen to nothing, and right after I laid twenty seven and a half and twenty eight, bang and bang. And it's like, because college football reveals itself more than any sport quicker, right? It reveals itself quicker than any other sport, I should say. And so in-game betting for that purpose is great. This was one of those where it's just like, yeah, this is just going to go on all day. And I agree with you too, Kelly. It felt like every Sam Hartman pass was just Notre Dame amusing themselves to give him some work (laughs) like a reliever. Like, I'll just give him some work. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, we'll talk college football with Todd Wishdev later. JVT has some thoughts on it as well because he's writing at Vsin.com. He's he's modeling stuff these days. So we'll talk to him about college football. And of course, you and uh, you and JVT are obsessed with the FIBA World Cup in basketball. Oh, Canada! <laughs> so we'll talk we'll talk about that as well. Wes Reynolds on the Tour Championship. Hey, uh, Xander Shoffley, you shot a sixty-two. Guess what? You still lost by five. That's how great Victor Hovland was. Incredible. Uh, and then Paul Spohr on Major League Baseball. Wow, is baseball great right now? Home stretch, 30 games roughly left in the season, 30-plus. Um, Going to be awesome. I have a uh, – I know I started with this on Friday, but I, I want to bring it home today. I have a Spencer Strider rant, a Spencer Strider rant coming next segment because – if you saw the NF, the the NFL, the NL MVP odds have changed. The NL MVP odds have changed so that now Mookie bets after his great performance, first time back at Fenway Park, and apparently this drove it home enough where betters have now made it so that Mookie bets is the short shot to win NL MVP for the first time I think all year. Right, Ronald Acuna is not. Yeah, that escalated quickly. And my point with NL Cy Young is how is Spencer Strider not the favorite? I am going to go full propaganda next segment. By tomorrow, I would like for the, the goal of this is to is to make the case why Spencer Strider should be the favorite by tomorrow. Zach Allen does play the, the Dodgers. He pitches against the Dodgers tonight. You know that his uh, road ERA is 4-4-6, I believe it is. Can't, can't stop laughing. Strider's next start, I believe, will be at LA too. I think he misses the Rocky. The, the at he misses at Coors. And for those who are like and for those who would say, oh, well, isn't that a good thing that he's missing cores and playing the Dodgers? No, because the best thing you can have in your skill set as a starter at cores is to erase batters as a strikeout pitcher. That's exactly what Strider is. So, no, it's not a good thing that he's avoiding cores and going to uh, play the Dodgers. But, well, Gallon and Strider will uh, take on the Dodgers next. Uh, Blake Snell, for those who have Blake Snell tickets, he is at St. Louis tonight. But I will make the case for Strider coming up because I, th- I think it is just insane that he's not the favorite. We'll get to that momentarily. Um, tennis. The U.S. Open begins today in a matter of, uh, well, is it starting now? I don't even know. Maybe there's some matches that are happening right now. Okay, with the time zone change. I have, we'll review the plays that I have. Drew Densick and I did a podcast, U.S. Open preview podcast at Beating the Book last week. 
we put forward our favorite plays. Um, Kelly, I can repeat mine and then give you my picks of the day as well. The 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 tournament long picks that I have. First of all, I believe that Novak Djokovic and Igor Sviatek are going to win. I believe that the draw has set up for both of them, especially in the case of Novak. I mean, Novak is just greased for him. It's just there's nobody up top on his half. So Novak Djokovic is going for his 24th Grand Slam singles title. He already has the men's singles record of 23. Um, I believe he wins, and I believe Iga Sviatek wins on the ladies' side. I actually parlayed them together, took Iga straight at plus 230. The quarter plays that I have, um, which I talked about on the podcast and again repeated here on a numbers game last week, I have Marketa Vondrasova. She was the Wimbledon champ. I have her to win Q3, which is Jesse Pagula's quarter, if you will. Pagula's quarter. That's how they introduced it when they were doing the draw. Pagula's really? quarter. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica Pagula's quarter. Uh, I got Marquette Vondrasova to win that, Q3 plus 450. Then on the men's side, I do have two quarter plays. Alex Dimonor in a loaded, admittedly loaded quarter number two. I have him, the Australian, at 12 to 1. And then in Q3, I gave this out on the podcast as well. I got Tommy Paul at 7 to 1. Those are my tournament-long U.S. Open bets. The final slam of the year, the hardcourt slam to end it. At Flushing Meadows. Drew Densick's going to be boots on the ground, by the way. I think he's there today and tomorrow and the next day. Man leads a good life. Oh, uh, good for him. Yeah. No. So, so what did he, he, he worked that, what is he, working U.S. Open into his Labor Day trip that he I, was I, discussing? Oh, no. I think this is an NBC Sports thing. And then he's quickly doing the plus EV wife trip to Napa. Gotcha. I believe okay. I have that correct. Or the other way around. One or the other. Um, by the way, the who got the worst of the draw Coco Goff got the worst of it on the on the lady side. Yes, she is in Iga's quarter. And you're like, well, why, why isn't Iga's quarter bad if, if Coco's is bad? Well, Iga happens to be in her half of the quarter pretty scot-free, whereas Coco has a gauntlet. So my hardcore numbers, again, on the lady side, it's Iga 1, it's Coco 2, it's Vondrasova 3, believe it or not, talking one year and six months. Uh, and one month, because the, the one month numbers, Coco's the best, but she got the worst of it on the lady side. So anyway, those are the season, those are the tournament long bets, the fortnight, if you will, of so, the U.S. Open. So I was just going to ask you the, like, you know, who, uh, besides Djokovic um, and Ego, who gives them the, who gives them the best run for their money? You, you would go by your numbers. You have Coco above Vondrasova, but because of the draw, you would go Vondrasova. Okay. Well, Coco's in Ego's quarter. She'll be, she'll be good to get to Ego. That's how tough her her opponents are, one, two, three, and four, or especially two, three, and four, uh, before she gets to a uh, quarterfinal match with Iga. So this is it's just tough for Coco it, to, to win all those matches and sustain because you're going to be taxed even if you get there, whereas Iga can be a little, if she's playing it right, a little more uh, sort of rested for that. So I, I really believe that it's, it's Iga's to lose and it's Novak's to lose. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz is Novak's biggest challenger, but he is in a ridiculous quarter with Zverev and others. So, I, set up that, I set up the women's one wrong. I said Vondrasova, but I meant, I meant uh, Sabalenka because she's second on the odds. Drew has Vondrasova in the finals against okay. Iga, and we okay. did not talk about it before the podcast either. So we were simpatico thinking that way. As far as today, I have four plays. First day of the U.S. Open. Remember, it's a round of 128 on both the men's and ladies' side today and tomorrow. I got two on the men's side. I got two on the ladies' side. I have Soon Woo Kwan on the men's side, plus 312. He's still 3-1 to one against Christopher Eubanks. You're like, wait a minute, Gil. Didn't, wasn't Christopher Eubanks great at Wimbledon? He was. Kwan is coming back from injury, a shoulder injury. I have, a, let's put it this way. Should Quan be favored? No. But should he be $3? Not even close. 
Sunwoo Kwan, plus 312 to outlast Christopher Hubeck's. Then I have Mackenzie McDonald at plus 115. He's plus 105 now. Anything in plus money, I would still play him. He should be, in my opinion, favored over Felix Oje Aliasim. So Mackenzie McDonald is pick number two on the men's side. On the ladies' side, Varvara Gracheva at plus 124 is what I got. Varvara Gracheva. At plus 124, she is taking on Taylor Townsend, the American, who's going to have the crowd behind her. And then Katie Volleynets, our girl. I got her plus 181. You can still get her right around there. Katie Volleynets against uh, Wang Jinyu, the other ladies. So four dogs to start it off at the U.S. Open. Spencer Strider and more next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G Bank Visa, a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere, and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank/vsin. That's G.Bank slash VEASAN. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, Kelly, you uh, reminded me of something there on the break, too, which I wanted to mention, which is Tom Tango not only has a Cy Young tracker, but he has, like, the enhanced thing as well where he adds feeling independent, and Strider has a slight edge there. So Strider immediately goes to number one. And you were saying some other you, – you looked at some other tracker as well? Yeah, the other one uh, he has up is the Bill James Cy Young points where he is number one in it. Tango has up a Bill – he has Bill James up as well mm-hmm. in there? Oh, okay. Um, I'm curious what Paul Spore thinks because maybe I'm losing my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, from Fangraphs and, of course, the Sleeper of the Bus podcast, it is our buddy Paul Spore at Spore. He joins us now from Austin, Texas, where he's wearing not only his Fangraphs sweatshirt, oh, can I get one of those, and a Phillies hat. How you doing, Paulie? I'm doing well, Gil. It's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I just went on a rant about how, how if Mookie Betts is now the favorite to win NL MVP, and I'm curious what you think about that first. But how is Spencer Strider not the favorite to win NL Cy Young? It's driving me crazy. What do you think about yeah. Betts first? I, I, I'm, I think Betts is in the conversation now. I certainly think that, you know, we were looking at Acuna as maybe not a runaway winner, but a pretty pretty strong leader. And obviously Betts is having just the August from heaven, you know, just absolutely nuclear right now. And I think it's brought himself into the mix. But I don't know that he has just completely blown away Acuna right now. So... I'm not even sure that I, I necessarily think he's the favorite. Love bets, very big bets fan, but I think a lot of voters are probably still aligning with Acuna. But on the NL Cy Young side, I have a hard time getting anywhere past Strider. I, I, I'm not really sure. Like, who, who else would you be looking at? Uh, Gallon, 
Steele. I like what they're doing. A reliever, no thank you. I'm not I'm not much for relievers as Cy Young. It takes it takes a special season that they, we just don't have anymore. Relievers aren't used enough. There's too many innings left on the table. If you're not coming at me with a triple digit reliever season, they're not the Cy Young. So yeah, it's Strider for sure right now for me. Strider for sure. It, this is one of the most dissonant things ever. Again, award markets are are not necessarily reality. Just because we've stared at Zach Gallen as the favorite for months now, yeah, doesn't mean it's true. And I'm just trying to point out, if you Strider, you can still make good bets on, and it's a short runway. Short by short, I mean if you're willing to wait till just before Thanksgiving to actually <laughs> catch the award true. when Major League Baseball just uh, dra- draws it out. You know, hopefully it'll be his mom, Gertrude Strider, giving out the award. So we'll know that it's him. I love how MLB telegraphs the pass on that. Yeah, I know they, they, they really do. And, you know, based on like who's giving it out, you're like, wait a minute, I think I might have an idea of who's going to win this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, again, I'm not really sure. I I would need like the Zach gallon folks to explain why he would be the favorite. I, I mean, maybe just ERA. So Maybe just you're point three five ahead in ERA, so you should win Cy Young. Get out of here. That, that, that's not where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that's probably what's driving it. But I'm going to look more at the skills. There's a 13 inning edge too, I guess. I mean, I see why Gallon is up there, but for me, Eileen Strider. And if you're telling me he's not the the favorite in some markets, I think you yeah. you do need to look. He's good. At I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not good, but he just ain't the. Uh, he's just not the Cy Young. All right, let's talk about these races because these are these are fantastic. Not heating as up. It's so it's heating up is right. First of all, let's just talk AL East. So Baltimore loses Felix Bautista, mm-hmm. and that is massive. And I've always felt, you know, the, this is the thing about baseball this year. There's a lot of good teams, but when you project them into the postseason, even with Bautista, right, the Orioles had enough question marks where you're like, yeah, but I don't know if that translates. Because there's really two different kinds of seasons. Now it's really tough. But I feel that way about sure. a lot of teams, right? Like, The Rangers, even at their best, it's like, can they make it through the postseason? Maybe. And this is coming from a guy who who had them over season win over games and season win total uh, Mm -hmm. before the season started. There's a lot of teams with a lot of like question marks. The Giants, obviously flawed. Um, Could they get to the playoffs? Sure. Are they a team that would you would threaten to win the World Series? I mean, probably not with that offense. Come on. And there's so many. We didn't think. We didn't think the Phillies would make a run. Right. Either. Right. Once that calendar flips, it really is about like. Who's playing well? But I get it. We have to try to handicap. So I don't mean to derail you there because we no, are no. still trying to figure no. out the best fits. And we wouldn't have put Philly there last year, which doesn't mean that you go make the mistake of putting underestimated teams up there this year. It's just to be open to the notion. But with the O's, it's the starting pitching for me. And I, that's why I liked having the Cano Batista two step back there. Because if they are going four or five innings with their starters, they've got the two guys at the back end who can probably eat up about three of those innings. So then you're only you know, that middle is only like two innings that they have to bridge with. So they are in a weird spot right now. The Orioles. I didn't mean to do derail you. No, no, no. I would. I, you probably it's good that you did because I was going too far off. So do you think Tampa Bay wins this division in the end, or do you think the O's eke it out? With with regards to. The Bautista loss. I don't think that that's necessarily going to cost them the division because Cano should be able to fill right in. I do think it's a bigger loss for October than it is for this stretch run right now. I can't eliminate the Rays on a two game deficit right now. They're not the team that built up the 174 run run differential though, either. And so I am still going to lean toward the O's at two games. It's only going to be a soft lean right now, especially with Bautista going out. 
I will still favor the O's right now, though. O's minus 280, Rays plus 210 to win the AL East at DraftKings. What about the AL West, which is not a two-team race? It's a three-team race, and Seattle is the team in the lead. The Astros, though, are the short shot at plus 145 at DraftKings. The Astros, who are one game back, as are the Rangers now one game back. They're plus 240. I mean, the Rangers are the decided dog here amongst the three. Who takes it in the end, Paulie? It's it's probably Houston. Like I get why yeah. they're the short shot, totally. But I'm not out on Texas yet. I understand they've fallen on some hard times, particularly right now. This is why, you know, if you like playing these markets throughout the year and you have teams that you follow, you can get them at different numbers, right? You know, Texas was probably the favorite for quite a long time. People that really like them probably have them at some favorite numbers. If you like them that much, I don't think you should completely jump off of them. Yes, they've got some issues going on, but they still got a lot of good things. They are in their lull. Their big lull is happening at a bad time, but I'm not out on this ball club at all with Texas. So with them being the the, the long shot right now, uh, that does have me leaning toward them as, as the play. I respect Houston. I respect Seattle. I think it is going to be a hell of a race, but I've liked this Texas team all year, just the way you have. And I'm not running away right now at their worst moment because I don't think it's been followed. It's been propagated by like a bunch of losses, right? Eovaldi's out. We would have expected that at some point this year anyway, just by nature of his career, if we're just being honest, right? Pretty much the same with the Grom, truthfully. And you can say Scherzer replaces the Grom and just kind of fill-ins replace Eovaldi because he's always going to miss time. Josh Young's the only really big loss. I still like this Texas team. That's who I'm betting right now. Are Toronto and Boston going to be the two teams on the outside looking in in the wild card race when all is said and done? Two and a half and four and a half out currently, respectively. Yeah, I, I think... Toronto's the one that I, I still keep keep tabs on. Boston, I've had I've struggled with all year. Although one of their biggest things that I didn't like about them was their starting pitching, and they've turned that around like kind of on the fly. That said, where's James Paxton at right now? He's looking really rough. Um, can they rely on Tanner Houck to be like a consistent five inning guy? Is the magic wearing off on Nick Pavetta? So the second that I kind of started to buy into their pitching a little bit it pulled back, you know, is sale ready to go six plus again. We'll see. He gets Houston today. That's going to be a big matchup for him facing them two times in a row, kind of building himself back up long winded way of saying, I do worry about the the Red Sox. The the Jays are the one that I'm like, could they oust one of these NL West or AL West teams? Yes, I think they could, but if I have to put it right now, then I, yeah, I do have to kind of keep them out. Yes. They're the two teams that are out right now. I don't know where I'm getting to Texas or Houston falling to the Jays right now. Two and a half games is nothing that could be flipped by, you know, by the time we talk next week, but I do prefer those West teams right now, even the one that's playing at their worst ball in Texas. All right. We've got a minute left. The three NL wildcard teams, Philly with a three and a half game sort of cushion right now being in the mm-hmm. driver's seat for one of them. Who are the other two? My heart wants to bring the Reds in there, but you talk about not having enough starting pitching, and I just don't think it's there for them. Um, I discount this Giants team like kind of always, Gil. You know that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I um, I and I think a lot of folks do. I don't think I'm wrong, or I don't think I'm alone there. I, I am often wrong about them if I'm being 100% honest, but I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to stick with the teams that are there right now. I really like these Cubs and Diamondbacks clubs. I think they're showing some you know metal here as they come down the stretch especially the diamondbacks they were kind of left for dead and here they are back in it it's all, that's why I don't want to leave texas for dead either based on a bad 10 game streak so i'm going to go with the teams that are there cubs diamondbacks are going to take those last two 
If anything, I think the Phillies could fall out, even though they have the biggest. Wow. Lead. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, DFS dump. Do you have any DFS? Yeah, we're okay. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would jump against. Uh, I'll, I'll play it easy today. I'm jumping against Oakland um, with, with my Seattle plays, and I'm going with Baltimore against the White Sox and just kind of stack. I'm going to go woo Rodriguez with my pitchers, sprinkle a bunch of their hitters, maybe get some Cincinnati against Kyle Harrison in there, too, because I just don't think he has much command. So those are the three teams I'm looking at, kind of putting my lineup together with. Once again, no belief in Giants magic. I still love I you, Paul. Paul Spore at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it as always. We'll come back. JVT on college football and the FIBA World Cup. Next, Numbers Game, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A Numbers Game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a Numbers Game, live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, Todd Wishnev in the house on this Monday morning. We get tweets at beating the book, Chance Copperpot. Is it true that the Nats and the Orioles are top two ROI this MLB season? Yes, it is. Now all the DMV needs is a successful commode season, and Gil gives us that elusive sushi spot. Let's go. It's all happening. Rick Ollier, perhaps we can get the construction workers to do a 21 jackhammer salute in honor of your last week there at the South Point. That would be apropos, as they say. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Charles Lee, Connecticut. No, say it isn't so. I only discovered South Point because of Visa. Now it's t- now it is my uh, home base. Whenever I'm in Vegas, is the whole studio closing down and moving all operations? We'll see. Um, Matthew Mayberry. If I was ever going to legally change my name, Tom Tango would be on the short list of options. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's the best listeners ever. Uh, this is from oh Steve, like the uh, Steve. Uh, he must have. Uh, Spencer Strider tickets as well. He says, great segment rooting hard for these Dodgers batters tonight against uh, Zach Gallen. And this is from, this is from uh, OJ Green, who says, one note to add on that AL West combo you were having with Spore. Seattle has the tiebreak locked up on Houston. And Jason Stark, a numbers game visit from Todd Wishnev is the only thing that could keep me from putting on the start of the U.S. Open. By the way, speaking of that, I have a text about that. On day number one, ESPN, this is from my buddy, Scotty Eagle. ESPN cannot even show first ball to last ball coverage of the U.S. Open. First take is on both ESPN and ESPN News. If you want to watch the matches that are on 11 a.m. Eastern, you have to subscribe to ESPN Plus, which I guess is part of their plan, he said. I'm sure it is. I don't understand some of the programming choices. Like, where, what, like, why is it for three weeks? It's little league World Series, like jam down your throat, you know, all day, every day. And you know, hey, I want those kids to get their TV time. But like, you can't. Then you can't get day one a U.S. Open. The single most ridiculous thing in sports grant, sports programming for me is if you watch Tennis Channel enough. There will be matches that you're watching one set plus of, and then they'll just randomly turn away to an interview of. You know, Alexander Stevenson would now like to interview Veronica Kudermatova for all of you. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm watching a match. What am I doing? Uh, Todd Wishnev is here, ladies and gentlemen. So, Todd, um, the WNBA betting has uh, gone south for you? I was doing so well early in the season, and then I just I hit the skids. And although uh, lately it's been coming back, but today, yes, yesterday was a perfect example. I should have been 5-0 and and ended up like 2-1-1 and or 2-1. Yeah, like 2-1-1, and something like that. And then I ended up on the – at the end of the, <laughs> the over 77 and a half oh, in the yeah. Dallas Wings game. And 
Dallas is ahead by four. The other team is shooting free throws with four seconds left. So they're going to make both and then the foul Dallas and I'll get, I'll get the win that way. Or if they miss the free throw, they get the rebound. They'll foul Dallas. I'll get the win that way. Either way, I'm going to the line one more time, unless of course they miss the free throw, get their own rebound and there is no free throw. So which, that's been, which on a free throw should never happen. You should never get your own rebound. It's just been so much of that, you know, and then, or, or, or I had over 76 in the second half of the, the dream fever game. They have 30, eight points in the first six minutes of the half and I lose. Let me just ask you this. What happens with WNBA fourth quarters where scoring just falls off a cliff? It doesn't happen every game, but it does seem to happen a lot. A lot. Where where the girls, I guess they just tell them, hey, dig in and play some defense, girls. <laughs> dig in. Dig in, baby. <laughs> and then you get the Los Angeles Sparks giving you like 12 points in the, in the fourth quarter and you get screwed. But, um, you know, that brings up end of third quarter betting. It's interesting yes. that you say that because for college football, it's very apropos as well. Um, I did it actually. I think the best bet I made this Saturday was my uh, Notre Dame minus 27 and a half end of third quarter bet. They were up 21 at the time in the second quarter. And I was like, wait, Mm. I'm getting the ball now, and I'm going to have the whole third quarter to add on more, and I only need one more touchdown. Yeah, we we And I don't have to worry about the backdoor touchdown in the third quarter. That that's an even in a game where every Notre Dame bet was an obviously good one. That's probably the best of the bunch. Well, and and in this case, it didn't it didn't matter because Navy couldn't score. But yeah. there are many games yeah. in college football, especially where a team can sort of move the ball when they're down three, four touchdowns. But you would think they have a better chance to move the ball with eight minutes left in the game than eight minutes left in the third quarter. So you might feel a lot better making a bet. I believe Caesars has some other places have it. You know, your early second quarter, and you're like, you know what? I'll take the point spread for the end of the third quarter rather than have to be nervous Yes. That, you know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm up two touchdowns, but I'm laying, let's say I'm up four touchdowns, I'm laying 23 or something, right? And now I've got to worry, you know, Hawaii's going to backdoor me or yeah. something like that. I mean, there's so many of these, right? Within game, we talk about the two for one. Two for one is known in, you know, the NBA and college basketball, but it's primarily the NBA where a team wants to get two possessions in um, while the other team gets one when the clock is, you know, like 35 seconds left. Now they often end up taking a horrible shot. You know, on that first, just to jam in the two for one. But in football, we do it at the ends of halves. Oh, there was a great example with UTEP and Jacksonville State. Right. UTEP was getting the ball with four minutes left in the second quarter. They were going to get the ball coming out in third quarter. They were, I believe, a slight favorite in the game. They were down 10. I took them plus six and a half. And I was like, you have to do it. Have You're going to get it. two possessions in a row as the have better team. Yeah. And, of course, that covered pretty easily. Bill, so. Bill Belichick ended up knowing to do this before anybody in the NFL, we do it from a betting perspective when we get the possession before the half and after the half. Uh, you thought, even though the Pac-12 network was not available to us and we didn't watch the USC game, you thought there was a valuable lesson in that game betting-wise. I'll just say that in intramural football in, in the Israeli rabbinical seminary in 1988, I did actually pioneer the move of the end of the oh, second. Oh, who, could, just for, so you who know. could forget that? But that was intramural. <laughs> but go ahead. What was your question again? Was it, was it the that, Israeli rabbinical? Was it? At the rabbinical seminary in 1988, <laughs> we did have an intramural league, which I pioneered getting the end of first half and the beginning of second half. As a bet or as a, play, as a player? Yeah, well, we're playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you like, Shmuel, this is what we're going to do? Shmuley, slow it down, baby. We got the ball to start the okay. second half. I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. All right. What were you asking me the about? U- the USC game had a betting oh, lesson. Oh, the USC had a really good betting lesson. You, If you get a game 
where a team's like a 30-point favorite and they're going to score like crazy. Now, granted, they don't stop anybody, but San Jose, I think the score at halftime was 21-14. The chances of that of the, an explosion of scoring in the second half is much greater when USC is winning, obviously, 21-14 than if you're, they're winning 35-3. to Because they still got to press on the gas. They're going to press on the gas more. So, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but yeah. um, so – you you want to put that in your handicap. Now, I I don't know how I talked myself into taking second half 31 and a half under in that game because that was what I should have done is what I thought to do, which was USC team total. Yeah. Because if they have 21-14 at that point, there's going to be more possessions that USC will be trying to score in the second half than normal if they're up by seven than if you're up by 21. So it's something you want to think about. I yeah. mean, obviously the, the super smarty pants know this already, but a lot of people don't know that. No, that the super smarty pants, as you like to put them, they know this, yeah. right? But yes, the most of our, most listeners, most people are not super smarty pants when it comes to betting for years and years. And these are just, I mean, I think you said it best yesterday, which is all of, listen, by nature of what we do, we're doing content during the week. So we're going to bat back and forth of this team, that team, this line, that line. Here's what we think. Here's what we don't think. But in the end, is there any scenario ever where watching some of a game and then placing your wager is a worse proposition than doing it pre-flop? And I'm trying to I'm, – I'm hesitant to think of any – other than maybe baseball, where like things can happen in the first inning and stuff like that more often than you know in these kind of sports and like football and basketball, they're giving us information. Yeah, you know all the models in the world can take you up to game time, but if I get to watch the first 19 minutes of a college football game, I've just got a gigantic cornucopia of information that I can now put into my situation, and they're going to be, be- they're going to be lining the end game yeah. based on the original line. I mean, it, it, look, it's not going to work every time. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to lose a lot too because you know, again, Louisiana Tech can outgain FIU by a million. Still not going to the backup home for Ohio pre-play. quarterback can just the, not be the backup Ohio quarterback. <laughs> really love the backup Ohio quarterback. He's like, this guy's pretty good. I'm like. Pretty good. He's okay. <laughs> we had we had all these nuanced debates. I, I'm, not, and then he, I'm not putting kind, him in the hall you of did, fame. You did kind of back off after a while. Well, I made fun of myself. Yeah, I'm like, I think yeah. I'm overrating yeah, a couple really, quarterbacks today. It's a little overrated. I would have been happier but with San Nathan Diego Rourke. State was so bad, though. They like, were so bad. They were so bad. He, I mean, they outgained San Diego State by like 80 yards also. And, you know, like if you watch a lot of games, uh, you know, college football, college basketball, whatever it is, you start to learn little things like Ohio never snaps the ball without there being five seconds on the play clock. Such a great call. So this is the kind of thing that like when you're thinking about your in-game play, your halftime play, you got to remember these little nuances like Nathan Rourke. He's going to stand there when the the play clock's at 18. Now it's a 12. Now it's at seven. Now it's a three. That was such a great call. While trailing they still could not snap the ball quickly. Right. And you'll start to notice that, yeah. you know, if you watch a lot of games, you'll start to pick up different things that people will do. Coaches will do certain things. You know, for instance, Luke Fickle, the, the former Cincinnati coach, will do whatever he can to make it uncomfortable for me in my nether regions. <laughs> okay. I thought we were going to get through this, but apparently we couldn't just at the, just in the nick of time. Uh, <laughs> podcast, Megapod Thursdays this, this year. You excited? You pumped? Uh, 
What's that? The Megapod. Oh, oh, uh, the Megapod. Yeah. Absolutely, baby. Let's do it. The Megapod. I told them they were doing some some documentary down there about Survivor. Yeah, I was in it. And they were saying, oh, d- talk to us on the camera. I was like, well, I'm going to be the Shohei Otani of the Circa Millions and Survivor. First two-time winner of both contests in the same year, baby. You done? Shohei contest. You're done. Todd Wishnev, everybody. Wes Reynolds next. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.